This is Ashley Stone, and you're listening to The Comeback Podcast. Well, it's so nice to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, of course. So why don't we go ahead and um, just start? I'd love to hear a little bit about you and um, kind of your past, maybe a little background on you today. And So I'm Alicia, 34, live in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. I'm a disability support worker and I do um, music therapy for a lot of my clients as well. Love my job and I'm upgrading my bio so I can go back to school and be therapeutic recreation. A little bit about me now. I am a convert. I joined the church when I was 19. I kind of grew up not really knowing if God existed or not. I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it until I went to art school and I was taking some philosophy courses and where those like essential questions came up like is there a God like what's the purpose of life what happens after we die those sorts of things and so anyways that's kind of what like brought the interest I started going to this Christian church for for about nine months and there's some really like life molding experiences that I had there some really like um dark spiritual experiences like spiritual abuse that happened there I was pretty naive to Christianity and everything that came with it I didn't really have anything to put that up against but that was also like the beginning of that was the foundation of my belief in in Jesus Christ and things were just like really rocky for me and so I ended up moving um two hours south in with my sister my sister had the missionaries check up on me because she was worried about me and I ended up just like falling in love with these sisters and some of my family members are members of the church. I started meeting with the sisters and eventually um, they asked me to pray about everything and I kind of thought like going into it that um, just based on everything that that other Christian church they would preach like anti-Mormon stuff in the church sermons and stuff so I was kind of scared of reading the Book of Mormon but every time that I read it I just like really connected with it but so after joining the church I just like I'd never felt God's love for me before in my whole life and so that was really magnificent to to have that experience and I just wanted everyone to be able to have that experience too I just wanted to share that with everyone I decided pretty much like right after I decided to be baptized that I wanted to serve a mission. Like I, I have depression with features of psychosis. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to serve a mission because of that, but I was able to go out. One thing I should mention though, that's kind of um, a huge part of my story is when um, before I was baptized, I had to be, interviewed by someone I have same gender attraction and had had like interactions before that and so um, that was kind of that was really hard on my mission just to to have that attraction for women and be 
around women 24 7 365 for 18 months you know yeah I loved my mission it was I still would say that it's the happiest that I've ever been in my whole life I'm just like so close to the Lord and I just love seeing people change and make choices that would bring them closer to Heavenly Father 2011 I got home from my mission I kind of kind of had this experience the last transfer of my mission where I I just I knew that I would become inactive which is so strange and I don't understand why Heavenly Father let me or gave me that experience but I was just like so determined not for that to happen you know and I was really strict when I came home I didn't watch movies um or listen to normal music for three months until after after three months then I started to do that and I just yeah I just wanted to be so close to him and I felt like the attraction that I had for women it was it was just like this secret that like some people knew but it was just too much like I was ready to burst with this like I just wanted everyone to know and I just my intention was to to be like the gay Mormon you know the adversary got in my head and just making me think like I don't belong there and but I'm like no that's I, I knew that I recognized that it was from him so I'm like no I'm still gonna go I don't care what you're gonna try to say, say to me I'm like I belong here so I'm going being in church just felt really different I guess the adversary continued to work on me a lot and I ended up moving to like the west coast of Canada and just kind of ran away from everything and kind of amazing in a not good way how how fast things can digress yeah I was away from the Lord away from the church I would still try to go here and there and it was just it was just so painful to be there because I felt like there was just this inner battle in me for so long like over a decade just this war in my soul and so there's like a lot of things that happened there but I was drinking I was smoking weed and just like having relationships with women and each step that I took these poor decisions that I made I just like lost a portion of the spirit and um I tried to come back and it, I guess I wasn't quite ready at that point. Um, I was offended by something that my bishop told me. And so then I just kind of went into party mode for a year. And then I had this crazy nightmare of a dream that it was this dark war. And there was blood and carnage and war all within an arm's reach of me. And... Um, I wasn't fighting in this war, but it was like as far as the eye could see, just, you know, and um, in the background, there was this mountain. And then I woke up and I just remember feeling like this is this is going to happen. And it wasn't just a dream, but it was like a vision of something that would for sure happen. And I, I just remember being like so afraid and just terrified and um it kind of woke me up 
and I ended up meeting with the missionaries and I watched um actually before I met with the missionaries I watched this movie this Christian movie called God's Not Dead it helped me to realize that faith is a choice and so I'm like well if it's a choice then I can just choose to believe and then he'll then I can like climb the ladder back up sort of thing and so I did and I went through this repentance process and you said that you felt like faith was a choice but I'm curious yeah all of that time were you doubting that the church was true were you that's why it always hurt me so much inside my soul because I knew that I was going against what I believed and why the fight why this war was existing inside of me because I knew that it was true but I just really didn't want it to be true and I thought I could just do it my way and it doesn't work that way then after I like went through this repentance process and was able to take the sacrament again and it was so amazing and I had the opportunity to speak at this LDS women's retreat in Salt Lake in like 2016 I think I went to Utah I met with a companion of mine and we were talking and catching up on everything and I was telling her about this dream that I had and then she told me about She's like, sister, I had almost the exact same vision as you. She told me her experience and in her dream, she saw the war, but she was on the mountain that I saw in my dream. And she saw people coming up the side of the mountain and coming to where there was um, light and peace. And then in her dream, she saw me come up the mountain. Whoa that's how we were like we were like this is just incredible I just like felt this like fire in my soul to be a missionary again and I was I went back home and just wanted to like share my testimony and I served in the temple for a few four months or something like that and in like 2019 then I thought that because I was living like doing my best to live a righteous life, that somehow it would be easy, easier, not easy, but easier. And that I would like find my husband and the, the like same gender attraction would just go away. And it didn't. And then I turned 31 and had to move into a, um, a family ward. And that felt like the end of my life because <laughs> Now I'm in a family ward and I love it. So nothing against family wards. It was just um, hard because everyone was married and had kids or most everyone. And I didn't. And I still have this attraction for women. And I mean, the adversary is always working. But I felt that voice, his voice saying like, well, you don't have to be like LDS to be Christian. You can still be like, just go find a different church and you can be a Christian lesbian and you'll have like the both best of both worlds. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea, which wasn't, but so went down this path and, um, it steeply steep decline again. It just like, it just amazes me to look back at my pictures in my phone. Like it's just a matter of months going from like full activity, serving in the temple to just like, drinking again and partying and being with women just I just kind of made my exit and found a different church 
is a really awesome church. I learned a lot from it, learned like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and different ways to worship and stuff like that. And we talked about like breaking chains of sin and stuff like that. But in all my searching, like in different times of my life, when I was away from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I would try to find a place that had the same measure of the spirit as this church has, and I could never find it. And it frustrated me so much. I just, I'm like, why can't I like have the same spirit? Like it's not the same, but, and I knew, like I always knew that it was because this is the true church and COVID hits. And then um, there's the option to watch the sermons from like online. And I decide not to do that because I just don't get as much from it. Then I just kind of keep going in a on route in darkness, just losing more and more light. Like a lot of the Christians that I know don't really are not on board with a lot of LDS doctrine, and so they weren't too upset about me not being in the, that in the church anymore. I was even actually baptized in their church I thought that like like I accept Jesus Christ and I'm saved good it just didn't bring me the same like purpose the same joy the same you know all of those things and so all the while I'm dating women and drinking start getting back into smoking weed which is terrible for my mental illness just makes everything so much worse then I make the decision to have my name removed from the records of the church. Worst decision of my life. Yeah, just like increasing darkness and losing more and more of my identity and who I am and in God. And I'm just like losing myself. Kind of fast forward to um, there was that talk by, by Elder Holland given at BYU. Everyone was up in arms about this and I was trying my best to stay away from members of the church because it just reminded me of who I used to be and even though there was these like scales of darkness that came over my eyes I always knew in my soul that it was the true church and I had gone against that so um, I just separated myself from members of the church so I wouldn't feel as much of that pain. Anyways, I had a lot of friends on Instagram that were members of the church who used to be and who are gay and they were posting all this stuff and I was, like I said, trying my best not to be a part of the church or anything affiliated with it at that time. But when they were posting this, I'm like, hey, what the heck is going on? And I watched the only like like 20 minutes of that talk, not even the full thing to get the full context, but the part that everyone was mad about. And I jumped on like the anger bandwagon and just became so, so angry. I met with a friend, actually. She had looked up this anti stuff and she was teaching me all this stuff. And we were just like, our anger was like, so fueled by each other's I learned about like 
tactics of mind control and started thinking that like the church was a cult and I had like wasted so much of my life on it and just became like a very angry person, which is totally out of my character. I'm not, I've never like, never angry. Um, And then I started applying the principles of like mind control to the world around me and like conspiracies about like COVID and stuff and just went like deep down this rabbit hole of conspiracies and one of my good friends was living about seven hours away from me and she was having a really hard time during the pandemic because they were putting in all these restrictions that you couldn't couldn't basically do anything besides go to the grocery store without having a vaccination so she was having a really hard time and she was also like into the conspiracies and stuff and she asked me to go out there I did and it was like me and her fiance and her son and I who's just a baby but the three of us just went like headfirst into uh, these conspiracies and just became like the darkest place I just it was so awful and it was like to the point where I couldn't see my hand in front of my face spiritually. It was just a whole lot of fear and um, doubt and anxiety. Yeah, not a good time. I went to a couple of protests, like freedom protests, and I just I became really aware of like my gratitude for the freedom to choose which is maybe the first step which brought me back. Um, It just got me thinking about like Satan's plan versus Christ's plan in the pre-existence. And I just really wanted like, I just wanted to fight for that freedom for everyone and like went to these protests and yeah, it just like became so dark and we're, we didn't know who to trust anymore, to be honest. I didn't even know if I could trust like the police or the like sounds kind of crazy to say but um the police or like doctors or psychologists or um I was just in a really kind of messed up place with that's what I believe that's what those things kind of do to your mind while we were out there my friend's sister had made a trip out there that we didn't even know she was there she lives in the same city that I do I was telling her about this really dark experience that I had and she told me to stop and um, she's like, I just like feel something on you. And she's just like, let me, she just took like 20 minutes and taught me. She's got like a medical background and a quantum physics knowledge. And so she took like 20 minutes to explain about quantum physics to me and she said like everything is vibrations and or frequencies and there's low vibrations which is like fear and anxiety and depression and all these sorts of things and then there's things that are higher frequencies like happiness and joy and then she said like scientists can actually measure the frequencies these frequencies now and the highest frequency that that they can measure is love. And I thought that was like the most beautiful thing that I've ever heard. 
And I'm like, that just like resonates so much with me. And I'm like, well, I know that I'm like on this low frequency right now, but I like, how do I get to this high frequency? Then I'm like, well, what about God? And she's like, well, God is love. And I'm like, ah, I just like felt that kind of pierce my soul. And I'm like, it's true. I know that's true. But then I'm like, what about Jesus Christ? And she's like, well, Jesus Christ was a divine master that performed many miracles. And I'm like, well, that doesn't have the same like resonation as God is love does. And so I, I'm like, ah, I, don't, I don't know about that. Like, it doesn't feel the same. So that kind of stayed with me. And after our conversation, I, I called my mom. And um, at, around this point, I started to like pray again. I was, my message on like all of these platforms that I was on where they're sharing like different conspiracies. I was just always kind of saying to everyone just like connect how you can spiritually um whether that be through like prayer or meditation or grounding or good intentions you know different things like that and anyways I decided to call my mom and she was telling me how about the the fact that we even before our spirits were created we always existed as intelligence and I kind of knew that before but it never really sunk in it just really hit me and it made me feel like approval for who I was I'm like if I always existed then God doesn't want to change me because he made me like it just was this huge aha moment for me and it brought me to tears and just knowing that like God doesn't need me to change he loves me how I am and um so next day I wake up and everything's still just as dark and like I don't know what to do but I need help like this is just the worst and so I'm like but who do I turn for I don't know who to trust and then I thought about the missionaries definitely God put that in my mind I'm like well I don't know if I can trust members never mind missionaries then I'm like, well, when I was on my mission, I was like trying to be as close to the, we were all trying to be as close to the Lord as possible. I'm like, well, there's that. So I called like Utah and got the number for the missionaries near me and had them come over and they taught me a lesson. I think it was the beginning of the restoration or something like that. It was, I thought at that time, a fairly typical lesson. I was very attentive and humble I was wanting to like really anything that they could tell me I was listening I was like ready to hear I didn't feel like I got that big revelation so I'm like okay well I said goodbye to them and I'm like well I guess that wasn't it later that evening I started thinking about this the dream that I had and I'm like this is happening right now I'm like this war is happening right now and it's all around me it's everywhere as far as you can see but it's not like a physical battle a physical war but it's spiritual I couldn't even remember the mountain in my dream or in my friend's dream but I knew that this was like key I knew that I needed more for this and I hadn't talked talked to this friend in 
like two years because she was trying to get me to not drink and I didn't want to hear it. So I kind of pushed her away. Um, but I texted her and said, I know we haven't talked in forever, but I, I need your help. Will you please help me remember the war visions that we had? And she responded a few hours later and she said that I've been thinking about that this week and I prayed for you two days ago to remember or our war visions. And I was like, I was just light to me. I'm like, okay, I cannot deny that God exists. Like he is helping me. And like, there's no way that he, that I could have had this experience without him. Like he's divinely orchestrating this. And that night I said a prayer to Heavenly Father and I asked him, I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm like, I know that if anybody knows who Jesus Christ is, it's Heavenly Father, it's God. Um, so I'm just going to ask him. And so I prayed and said, will you please help me understand the importance of Jesus Christ? And that's when everything, like so many miracles started happening. So the next maybe Two days later, I decided to call this friend and I just asked her every question on my heart. And she seemed to understand everything that I was going through, this darkness that I felt, the like spiritual war and everything, all the all the darkness, but from like a, a more spiritually a higher plane. So I just asked her, I'm like, is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints the only way to return back to Heavenly Father? And she said, yes. And I said, is the Book of Mormon the Word of God? She said, yes. And I said, was Joseph Smith legit? She said, yes. And I said, do I have to marry a man? And she said, I don't think so. I'm like, I know that in between the time that I prayed that prayer and the time that I talked to her, my testimony of Jesus Christ came back. And so I said to her, I'm like, I know that Jesus Christ is the light and the life of the world. And I will get baptized again tomorrow, but I just need to know that it's from him. And she told me, she's like, you can do this, Alicia. You just have to be willing to sacrifice. I woke up my friend who was sleeping. It was like midnight at this time. We were telling each other everything about different conspiracies and things that we would find. And so I'm like, this is the most important thing that I could ever tell you. Can we like have a conversation? And I prayed and it just felt like the whole living room was just like this white space. And it was, there's just like nothing there, just this vast space and her and I, and like that was the spirit, but I didn't know how to recognize it, it at that time. But I told her, I'm like, we need help. And um, there is help. And that help is Jesus Christ. And he is the savior of the world. I told her about the Book of Mormon and um, just testified of him. And she's like, do you want me to be baptized? I'm like, well, yeah, but that's up to you. <laughs> I called the missionaries after that. I'm pretty sure I called them and didn't text them, even though it was past midnight. But I'm like, can you please call me when you get this? I 
um, want to get baptized. And so this elders, they called me in the morning and they're like, well, I don't know when the next time we can meet with you is because we have church. And I'm like, church, ah, forgot about church. I'm like, can I come? And so it was actually that day, which is a miracle in itself. I called and got the Relief Society president to, to pick me up. And we walked in to the chapel and she turned to me and said, you're home. And I just started crying and felt the spirit so strong, like the best thing ever. And in that sacrament meeting, they talked about Jackson County, Missouri, which is where I served my mission. And then I really wanted to talk to a state president or somebody that had some understanding about what it's like to come back to the church. And the state president was actually there, which was another miracle. And um, I asked for a priesthood blessing and they gave me a really powerful blessing and asked them to pray for my friends that I was staying with and specifically by name and he did and it was really powerful and when I got back to the house it was like the equivalent of going from like a haunted house to like a normal house like there was so much darkness that had left and it just felt like a completely different house and I went up the stairs and I like talked to them a bit and told them about my experience and um that I had asked the state president to pray for them. And they said, oh, that's probably why we stopped fighting. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> um, but really, I was really anxious about my flight the next day, just with some things that happened with like a protest that we went to. I didn't know if we were like either just spiritually in danger or like physically in danger, but it was kind of sketchy. So I was like really worried about like going through security and just like flying. And I had like anxiety about going back to Calgary and because of like all my influences, like I went on this trip and I was like totally against the church. And then I come back and I'm ready to get baptized. So everything was completely different, but your whole trip, how long was the span of that trip? um maybe a week or less so anyways I just pray for everything on this trip and I have this like I decided to meditate on the plane and just had like a really revelatory experience with Heavenly Father he spoke to me and just showed me a lot of spiritual things and that was a massive miracle I can't share too much about it but one thing I do want to say though is and when I heard Elder Holland's talk when I was really angry about it. I I like to write music and usually it's good music, but I used my like anger towards this and I wrote a song about this talk and how which I completely regret, but I wrote this song about how he used the words musket fire and I thought that it was like kind of like an attack on the LGBTQ community. And so I felt like this passion to defend the community and said that he was speaking out of violence and out of like hatred and all of these horrible things and made this video and shared it with like thousands of people. And then I came back from this trip and just felt absolutely ashamed and horrible about this. And so I immediately 
called like everyone that I could and asked them to like take down this video and I was talking to my mom about it and she's like you know that you can you can write the apostles right and I'm like I didn't know that I wrote Elder Holland a letter and I told him like that I had strayed from my covenants and left the church and um, that I had attacked him and basically told him what I had done and that I was so sorry and asked him if he would forgive me wished him the best and and so this was like right before conference October conference last year and I felt like really just this huge desire to have my letter the possibility of my letter to reach him before general conference so I sent it like express mail and then when I watched conference it really felt like his talk was like an answer to my letter the Thursday after conference I was at work and I get this call and it was 801 I'm like Utah I'm like I better answer this and so I answered the phone and it's this woman's voice and um, she said this is sister so-and-so I'm calling from uh, the office of the 12 apostles and Elder Holland wanted me to uh, let you know that he got your letter, that he was grateful for your honesty and sincerity and not to worry about those things anymore. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. To I feel like I felt like that was the closest thing that I could ever get to, like, a phone call from Jesus. Like... It was pretty incredible that he took the time to to do that for me and felt inspired to do that. And I was so grateful for that and just so relieved that like he forgave me and so much like weight was taken off of me from that. But coming back, I went through like a disciplinary council and which is incredibly spiritual, but everything thing like every day was a battle it was so hard to come back and it just like took every ounce of fight in me and grit to fight against the adversary with Jesus Christ there was a million miracles in the process and I just want to tell you like about my baptismal day I remember just opening that door into the baptismal font and there's like this wave of the spirit that like hit my soul and I remember like just touching my foot into that water my toe and there was like totally water and yeah I was just like the most sacred experience and there's honestly nothing greater than having the gift of the Holy Ghost again. Um, that is something that we should never take for granted. And like going for a time without it and then having it again, just, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's, I was baptized again February 26th last year and um, February 26 or maybe a couple days after that I'll be able to have my um, temple blessings restored that is so amazing and 
What an incredible story. It's, I think it's super interesting to hear like your experience with the, you know, COVID and the conspiracy theories and all the things. It's interesting. So I just interviewed somebody last night on the podcast and he was also talking about how that was something that really led people away from the church on both ends, whether they were really far on one side or really far on the other. And it's interesting because um, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of this experience that I had when all of that was going on. And, um, and my husband and I were kind of, he was on, you know, one side and I was kind of not so, not, super far on the other side, but we were just kind of, I don't know, like we had our own thoughts and opinions about it. And I had this distinct impression that the danger lies in being way too far on one side or the other. Like, Mm. yeah, that is where the danger is, is on being so far extreme on either side that you can't you can't reason with people like you can't like you, I don't know. That was just kind of a really distinct I had. And, um, I think that, you know, it's just interesting to hear how that played such a role in like taking you away from the church. We're getting so far caught into that world of, you know, conspiracy theories. And I mean, so anyway, I just, I think that's super interesting. And, um, just your story of coming back. I, I do have a question for you. What, yeah. how do you today? I mean, it's been, you know, almost two years now, right? Since you got baptized. It's been how, almost a year or almost a year. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what advice would you have for LGBTQ members that feel like there's no place for them in the church? Like how, what is your advice for them? Massive question, but I appreciate it. Um, I think absolutely there is. And that's because this is Jesus Christ's church and they are children of God. It is that simple. There's a lot more like facets to it, but that is the like my testimony in... The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is founded on my testimony of Jesus Christ being my Savior. And he is the Savior of all mankind, everyone who's ever lived, who is living, and who will live. And anyone in the LGBTQ plus community is not excluded from that. Um, this is his church, and it it's his restored church. It's the same church that existed in the Old Testament, Testament, and um, I mean, that doesn't make it easy, but I know that it's possible because of him. I love that. My other thought was when you were talking about how you were going to the other churches and you were just like, I just can't mm-hmm. feel the same feeling at these other churches. I, I related to that so much because when I was getting sober, I went to the Salvation Army and Mm. they have their own church. And, um, I did, I love the Salvation Army, by the way, loved, I was in the praise band. I loved it. Like I loved the music and I just, 
I loved learning from the Bible and I loved it. And mm-hmm. there were some, a lot of times where they would talk and say things specifically about the LDS church. And I would just be like, what? But I, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like hold any resentments or anything, but I did think that was kind of interesting, but, um, I felt that same way. Like there was something missing. It wasn't, there was just, it wasn't Mm -hmm. the same spirit, that same Mm -hmm. like pure Holy spirit that you feel in the church. And I just remember when I went to church after not going forever and I was actually still in the Salvation Army program, but I just went one time to the LDS church. They let me go. And it, I just remember feeling that same feeling of coming home. Like you described the Relief Society president, mm-hmm. that, your home. Yeah. And so I just, I relate a lot to some of that, uh, some of those parts of your story, but yeah, that is, it's so beautiful. Do you have any like last final thoughts before you wrap up here? I was blessed to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost by the mission president. And it was the most amazing blessing ever. It was like a minute or two long. Like it was really um, abnormal in that sense. But in it, I was promised that I would be able to marry a man in the temple and have children. And I, really believe that and I have faith in that um also like when I came out I came out as a lesbian but I don't identify that way anymore um I'm just a daughter of God and that's my identity um I do sometimes have attraction for other women but that's not who I am this church is for everybody and mm-hmm. I love that you said that like your identity is that you're a child of God and that is what's important. And that's, I love that. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and thank you so much for your time tonight. And you are amazing and just so brave. I appreciate you being on with us. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for all that you're doing. It's pretty amazing. Thank you. Hey guys, first off, I want to give you a heartfelt thank you to all of you that support the podcast. We wouldn't be able to get this message out without all of your help, so thank you so much. I've had a few questions come in from people that aren't on social media, so I just wanted to let you guys know that we do have a website. It's www.comebackpodcast.org. You can find all of our episodes here. Um, There's a list of our book club selections, and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thanks again. We love you guys so much.